Let's go on yeah, a trip. Let's go on a trip. Yeah, baby. It's not too bad. What was the question again? <laughs> okay, let's go. I'm Angela Caterns. I'm Ian Rogerson. And welcome to Suddenly Senior. This is a podcast series for those of us who've reached a certain age in life. That's right. You can join if you're not our age, but it'll be a lot more fun if you are. <laughs> so strap yourselves in, check your blood pressure, light your spliff, pour yourself a small bevy, and let's go. <laughs> <laughs> News lovers will remember Ian Henschke from the ABC of the 80s and 90s. Uh, he was a journalist on ABC shows like The 7.30 Report, Four Corners and Landline. He also made a prize-winning documentary on global warming. Uh, it was called Emission Impossible. And now he's the chief advocate with National Seniors Australia. So he thought he's the type of person we should welcome to Suddenly Senior. Hello and welcome, Ian Henschke. Oh. It's wonderful to talk to you, Angela. It's wonderful to talk to you, Ian, as well. And just before we went on air, I was saying that Ian and I worked back together in the early 1980s. That's right. Uh, And I was still working in uh, TV and radio up until about 2016. And for the last five years, I've been working as the Chief Advocate for National Seniors Australia. What do you do as the Chief Advocate for National Seniors, Ian? Well, I... Uh, it was a sort of a new term a bit five years ago when they asked me to chief, be the chief advocate. You know, I used to joke and say I'm the chief advo- avocado and then <laughs> and then I used to say to other people, I am the only advocate, so I don't know why I'm the chief advocate. But anyway, my job <laughs> is basically to give voice for, uh, for the concerns of older Australians. Mm. And so, Ian, what are the chief concerns of seniors? Well, the big one at the moment, of course, is cost of living. I, I think Australians don't really understand the variability of retirement. I mean, those that are listening to this would understand the variability. But in general, we see those pictures on the TV of the silver fox like George Clooney with some lovely looking lady and they're holding hands and walking on a beach somewhere and uh, it, it makes it all look like they're everybody's living the life of Riley. But in fact, one in four older Australians is living in poverty. Is that right? mm. and, and also lots of older Australians are still working and they have to work and when they do work, they get money taken from their pension because they earn, if you lose 50 cents in the dollar for every dollar you earn, if you continue to work past pension age, once you get above $300 a fortnight, so that's about one day's work. So the, the, the income is a very big concern. And then, of course, the other one, which you would have all been well aware of, is that uh, the Royal Commission into Aged Care, a lot of people are very concerned about what's going to happen in the terms of health and aged care as people get older. Gee, that, you know, Ian, that's a pretty bleak outlook because I'm sure most people always think I'll see, you know, it's a fantastic years, the senior years, you retire, everything's going to be glorious, as you were saying beforehand. But, it, it, you know, it, it, I think the thing about it is nobody thinks about it till they're in it. It's the biggest club in the world and you don't know anything about it until you are a senior. I, I think a lot of people, they, they either don't put aside the money or they haven't had the capacity to put aside the money And that's a problem. One of the big issues that people don't realise until they get to retirement age is that the pension's barely enough. If you own your own home, it's okay. Uh, If you're not paying off a mortgage or paying rent, you're probably going to be okay. If you've got a bit of savings and a bit of super, you're going to be okay. But if you get to pension age 
and you don't own your own home and you're renting, you're likely to live in poverty. If you live on your own, you're likely to live in poverty. So that's why National Seniors, we have to go out there regularly and say to people uh, in government, you need to look at what actually is going on because often politicians don't sit down and talk to people who are on a pension. I mean, you know, it's uh, if you mix with certain people mm. and you think everything's okay, then everything's okay. Um, it's it's a very mixed view yeah. out there. Mm. And so, I mean, what do you think the government should do to, to adopt, you know, what, what measures should the government adopt to make life easier, better for seniors? Well, I think they should uh, let seniors work if they want to work. I mean, one of the things that we're saying is that got hundreds of thousands of job vacancies. And we know when we surveyed National Seniors Pensioners, 20% of them said that they wanted to work. When they do work, they lose money. So we've, we're saying to government, you, you should have a New Zealand-style system. You know, I don't know whether you realise this, but in New Zealand, you can work as much as you want and you just pay income tax. So once you get to pension age, a lot of New Zealanders keep working. I think it's about... 45% of 65 to 70-year-olds in New Zealand are in the workforce. In Australia, we've only got about 3% of pensioners in the workforce. Is that right? And, and one of the things I, I think is really important to recognise is that when you do work, you are connected socially. It's not just about the money. It's about the mental uh, health. It's about the physical health. It's about all of that. I, 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 really, I found it really interesting when people kept talking about the Queen and they said, oh, she worked right up until almost the day that she died, two days before she was meeting the new, the new Prime Minister. And I, and I said to them, well, lots of people work into their 70s, lots of people work into their 80s. Uh, the chair of the ABC, Ida Buttrose, is 80 years <laughs> of age. Uh, Her Majesty was 96. Uh, Prince Philip was still working well into his 90s. And you don't have to be at that end either. If you look down at uh, other people, you'll see people that are still out mowing lawns uh, in their 70s. Uh, uh, we, we've got one lady that um, we've spoken to through National Seniors and she's 78 years of age and she works as a home care worker, helping, as she said, I love my old people. She's from Germany mm. and she says, I love, I, I love my old people. Now, now that lady has... Um, She's come here from another yeah. country after the fall of the Berlin Wall. She doesn't have a lot of super. She's renting and she still has to keep working. And she's working 30 hours a week as a 78-year-old. And, and they're the sort of people I think government should say, look, I yeah. think they should be able to get their pension, be able to work and pay income tax on their pension. That's mm. what I think the government should do. That makes sense. Ian, you know, as an advocate, I would guess you're getting out a lot of the time, uh, meeting a lot of older people, uh, getting to know what the situation is amongst them. Uh, do you get the feeling that um, there's a lot of dissatisfaction amongst Australian seniors? Oh, look, no, I think it's there's never yeah. a homogenous group. You know, you you'd remember, Ian, when we were when we were young, people used to say all teenagers are like this or all 20-year-olds are like this. They're not. If you go to seniors at the other end, you've got the same thing. There's a vast difference in what they do and how they react to the world. But the main thing that I would say is that we've got to recognise that in Australia at the moment, we've got a very uneven retirement system. So we've got maybe one in four living in poverty. 
And then you've got other people that are going okay, some are doing very well, and some are doing extremely well. So it's, it's a very uneven retirement picture that we see in across Australia. This is something that I think government has to come to terms with because they've given a lot of benefit for people uh, who save because they've got superannuation. But you should remember that superannuation hasn't been around at the level it's at at the moment in the previous decades. One of the groups that's doing particularly poorly are single women and those who are renting. And if you put those two together, they're the group that's not doing so well. But I think this has to be addressed. And it was very interesting at the Jobs and Skills Summit just recently, the Prime Minister uh, was very conscious of the fact that women need to be taken into account in all areas of society and that that has been an area that's been overlooked. I mean, there's been a lot of sexism in our society and I think there's been a lot of ageism as well. And they're the two isms I think are going to be addressed over the next 10 or 15 years. Well, Ian, I wanted to ask you what it's going to take, do you think, for employers to realise the benefits of employing those over 60? Well, you mentioned the example of the, of the lovely woman in, uh, in aged care. I mean, what a perfect example. Well, I mean, in aged care, this brings us back to that issue of sexism and ageism, Angela, because most of the caring industries are staffed women. by, by mm. women. And so, in fact, if you look at healthcare, aged care, childcare, disability care, the vast majority of the workforce are women. And the vast majority of them are often women that haven't got a lot of superannuation. And when they get to retirement age, they do just keep working or they would work more uh, if they were able to. So that's why I'm saying these policies that national seniors are putting forward are actually very female-friendly policies because uh, th these are the areas that women have been working in. But if they get to pension age at the moment and they want to keep working, then they get penalised severely. I was only talking to the head of the Dietitians Association yesterday. He's saying that there are people living in aged care at the moment who are not getting the nutrition they need. And I said, well, that's a dreadful situation because uh, we know that we've just had a Royal Commission. We would think that a couple of years down the track we'd be fixing that. And he said that he believed there should be more dietitians involved in aged care homes. Mm. And he, interestingly, he told me that most of the dietitians, once again, are women. And many of them, when they get to retirement age, don't keep working because of these conditions that I was talking about. So he's suddenly on board and he's saying, well, look, we should take up that case as well. I think what we've got to remember is that employers, at one stage, they used to overlook women for jobs and they, and they, and they still overlook people that are of different backgrounds, ethnic backgrounds, uh, because there's, there's a bias We've got a bias against older people as well. Employers say, look, I just want the best person for the job and if that person happens to have grey hair and happens to be a woman and happens to be from an ethnic background or a First Nations background, I want the best person for the job. And I know that's an ideal, but we should always aim for the ideal. Yes, but, I mean, do you believe in a, like a quota or something? I mean, employers are always going to go for a younger person and so uh, how do we convince them to value senior employees? Well, interestingly, the Age Discrimination Commissioner, the, the one before last, uh, was Susan Ryan. And she's a very interesting person because I think she was the first woman in a Labor ministry and back in the Hawke era. That's right. She did a lot around childcare and women's issues. That's right. 
she was saying that she thought it would be good for organisations to publish their age profile. That's a great idea. Uh, one of the big banks, I'm told, is going to start doing this or has started doing this. They'll say we've got X number of employees of a certain age group. And if you see that they're not employing anyone over 45 or very few, then they're actually outing themselves as an ageist organisation. You might remember, Angela, back even in the 70s, women were fighting for equal pay. It's taken a long time to get uh, equal positions on boards and various things like that. So I think we just have to keep the fight up. And that's why National Seniors is a great organisation to join and know about. And you can subscribe to our newsletters and you can lobby politicians via me, etc. And we can carry the flag forward. Mm -hmm. Good on you. And so, Ian, let me ask you personally, was there a moment when you realised you were suddenly senior or did it just creep up on you? I think, I think 60 is the time when you start to realise that I had a 60th birthday party and then I, people started saying things to me like, how long are you going to keep working for? And, and I kept on thinking to myself, why are they asking me this? Because I, I don't want to stop working. And the interesting thing in my own personal life is that I didn't get married until I was in my early 40s and my wife and I didn't have our first child until I was almost 50. So I've got two teenagers. So I don't think of myself as being old at all. Uh, in, in fact, I, you know, in some ways I'd say uh, age has been thrust upon me I, uh, because of my role with National Seniors. But inside, I feel exactly the same way as I did when I was 25. <laughs> That's great. I feel the same way. Age has been thrust <laughs> upon me without my being consulted. Um, and so do you think there's a stigma attached to the role of being, you know, Australia's chief old person? Ian? Well, there, there, there is there is a bit. I mean, there's another organisation out there as well, the Council of the Ageing, and and, the, and his name is Ian as well, the, the man who has been in charge of that for many, many years. He's stepping down at the moment. I'm suppose I'm the one that's out there doing more TV and radio because I came from that position as a journalist into this role. But I actually think it's important. Um, you know how everyone sort of – I made a documentary back in the 90s about global warming, and, and at that time not many people were talking about it or concerned about it. I, I sort of see age – and age-related issues is a sort of another form of global warming. It's sneaking up on people and they don't realise what a big issue it is. I'll give you a figure, and I think this is why it's wonderful you've got this podcast, because there are 9 million Australians over the age of 50. Now, that is a big number. That is a big number. There are 4.5 million over 65, something like that, you know. So you're, you're looking at big numbers of people, and that means we can either see them as an asset or a liability. And I want Australians to reframe their view of older people uh, as to see them as an asset. Because if you look at some of the people that are still out there doing great things in the world, like Her Majesty the Queen until she was 96, Sir David Attenborough out there fighting to save the planet at 96 years of age as well, we've got examples of people that can give good public service can try and improve the planet and can keep working well into their 70s, 80s and 90s. So I think we should not say you've come to a certain point in life, you're old, go and sit over there or play bowls or do whatever. If you want to do that, that's fine. But let's have a society where we accept people as being valuable and if they are 50, 60, 70 or 80 or even 90, they're still valuable and even over 100. I mean, there was a German filmmaker 
I believe she was still making films till she was 100. I think there's lots of people in the entertainment industry that still keep working till they're 100. Why shouldn't it be down at the local <laughs> shop or the local uh, supermarket? We should have people there working when they're 50, 60, 70, 80, 90. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've always said that it was basically you become invisible when you hit a certain age, when you become senior like that. And it's that visibility we really want to get the seniors to have. That's part of the reason why we do this show. Ian, you seem to be doing that well. Well, I think it's a wonderful thing that you're doing, Ian. I I want to see more and more people in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, whatever, being out there, being public, making media, uh, working in all sorts of things. I mean, I'm an old fan of rock and roll and I love it when I turn the TV on and and see Keith Richard talking about the fact that he's been playing music for 60 years. Yeah. Now, 60 years and he's out there saying, you know, uh, you can't always get what you want. Well, I mean, or whatever they play, they, they still play their hits. <laughs> Paul McCartney's still 80. I mean, we accept it with entertainers. We should accept it with everyone that we know, whether it's the hairdresser down at the local shop or it's the mechanic that's working on your car or whatever. We should just accept people that they've got skills, they've got ability, and if they want to keep working, let them keep working. If they want to enjoy their retirement, let them enjoy their retirement. But don't punish people by being ageist towards them. Definitely. I mean, the funny thing is, you know, when you think about being a senior as we are, uh, there are certain things that are going to be a little deficient. Your memory may not be as good as it used to be. (laughs) You might have a few other little quirks like that. You you do make a sound every time you stand up, you know, little bits like that. But they're actually a beautiful thing about being a senior as well. And and I think getting that message across to society Mm. to make them accept us is really what it's all about. I don't see you as a senior, Ian, and I don't see Angela as a senior <laughs> either. You know, you're just old mates from the media, you know. You will never that's grow us. old in my eyes. Never grow old. Oh, I've always loved oh, you. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> yeah, I've always loved you too. Ian Henschke, Chief Advocate for National Seniors. Thank you so much. Not at all. Thank you. Please like and also subscribe. Thank you for listening. I'm Angela Caterns. I'm Ian Rogerson. Leave a comment, as long as it's nice. <laughs> if it's not, that's right. fuck off. Yes. See you next time, Ange. Bye. And I want wine with my meds. Yes. <laughs>